All right, we're back, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining us. By the way, it's Rick Wagner here, getting it right on KNZ, KGLN, and some other translators and stations across Western Colorado, Eastern Utah. We are at, of course, 1100 and 980 on the AM, and then 92.7, 101 point something, and then 98.1 something, I think, and a couple others, and various uh, signaling devices, and, of course, the ships at sea. So we appreciate your joining us. Also, you can listen to the show, and, of course, this is someone wrote in to me uh, that it is redundant to say you can listen to the show uh, when you're listening to it now. <laughs> but uh, if you miss something, we keep this up as podcasts. You can go to our website at uh, therickwagnershow.com or at politicalviking.com. I keep both those up because we have some other social media stuff out as Political Viking because we are the disruptors. We are sailing up out of the icy mist to disrupt the political establishment. That's right, folks. And we are re- wearing real fur. So let that ruffle some feathers. Anyway, so you can listen to segments if you'd like. And uh, if you someone else you think might enjoy it, you can tell them. They can link right up to at the website. We're on, uh, I guess we're on Podbeam, and I think we're on iTunes and a few others. Haven't done much with a podcast to try and push them out there to many people because... I am a victim of, as I've been told lately, of perfection being the enemy of good. Uh, I get to the point where I think things are pretty good, but I think they can be better, so I hate to push them out too much. And I keep working on things to try to make them better, and as a result, I never get anything, I never get any out there. So I'm going to be a lot more cognizant of that and try and put a lot more content out. We're building some stuff here around this studio to do some uh, video for our video sites and things that I stopped doing until we get the studio up and running. And I'm hoping it'll help us be more productive, just like this uh, remote studio I'm at now has been so helpful. So thanks for sticking with us all these years. And, uh, you know, I I don't know how to express my gratitude any, any more than that because uh, it's just something that means a lot to me. But anyway, moving on. All right. Uh, so at the end of last segment, we talked about uh, Colorado Senator, you know, where I'm at, <laughs> Lord, Michael Bennett, uh, telling a bunch of people at a drag queen themed party for his donors rat, Yahoo, uh, that he was more progressive than Bernie Sanders. He said, when I say I have progressive track record, I mean it. I'm more progressive than Bernie Sanders. Well, it's nice to see the guy have a pulse. He doesn't appear to have one most of the time. So it sounds like somebody, you know, they may be learning from Joe. You know, you hook up to a car battery, you crank that baby up a little bit, you know, uh, maybe put the, the leads, uh, to the tip of your nose and one of your, in your great toe and you're good for a little energy for 10 or 15 minutes. So, uh, good to know there, Michael. You just keep that up, huh? I want you gone. I can't tell you how badly I want you gone. But anyway. So what, here's the thing. What is it with drag shows all of a sudden and the Democrat party? I mean, the Democrat Party has been the party of some of the strangest things I've ever heard of. They're the party of uh, of uh, transgender for, you know, young children, uh, drag shows at schools, uh, snotty school boards. You know, how, how did this – and this drag queen thing, how, how did this become like an event that everybody sees as particularly entertaining? I mean, if hey, if people want to do that – they want to, want to get the duct tape out and uh, some wigs and some fishnet stockings and it makes them happy. Go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. Don't come to the school. 
You know, just it's it's confusing. You know, I I really don't want anything like that in the schools. I would just like them to learn how to read and write, and you know maybe do some numbers, you know, and actually have them have the correct answers, you know, stuff like that. Let's just focus on that and not just flaunting bizarre sexual escapades and things of any sort. And let's keep the book straightforward. You know, anytime you talk about what children are being given to read, you always get into this argument, well, we're going back to burning books. These zealots on the right, they want to... (sighs) It just makes me tired to hear that. First of all, it's nonsense, and they know it. It's just a way to tar somebody as being some sort of, you know, maniacal Puritan from the 17th century. And what we're just trying to say is, let's not hypersexualize seven-year-olds, if that's okay. Let's not have books about uh, all sorts of sexual fantasies and, shall we say, outliers on the sexual spectrum in middle school. Or really, high school. If you want to be a bizarre, strange person, wait to college like everybody else. And if you're smart, you'll try and figure out if you should even go to college. Because otherwise you incur a lot of debt. You don't learn much in most instances. And you get out and you're kind of angry about the fact that you owe people money or spent a lot of other people's money. You don't know anything and nobody wants to give you a job because they don't think you know anything. So you really got to look at what educational pursuits you're getting involved with these days. College is not for everybody, never has been, and it's really not for everybody now. And I would say for most people, it's probably not for them at all. Or if they do want to go to college and they actually are interested in education, and I would hope they are, choose your college very wisely. Here's a place you might want to think about not going, and that's the medical school. (laughs) I wish I was making this up. Let's go to medical school in Minnesota. Because... uh, I'm going to find this story here. It's just, it's just terrible. Um, yes, it's on the webpage, our webpage here. Minnesota medical students swear oath to fight white supremacy, honor all indigenous ways of healing. And yes, those are in quotation marks. That's a true story. And I watched the video of them swearing to this, uh, apparently at their graduation ceremony. It was chilling disturbing and bizarre here's all of these medical school graduates in Minnesota standing up in their in white coats right I think people in white coats are necessary but I'm expecting it to be white people in white coats taking President Biden into custody, you know, at the end of the term, you know, it's time for his long rest. So, you know, the, the ambulance pulls up, some people, white coats get out, take him for his, you know, for his siesta for the next 15 or so years as he begins to wander aimlessly around and talk to more ghosts. That kind of white coat. Not this. It's weird. So they're standing there in white coats, obviously issued to them, reading this bizarre pledge to fight white supremacy, honor indigenous uh, healing methods, which I don't know what that's got to do with anything, and then, you know, to, to incorporate equity and things of that nature into their practice, you know, the practice of medicine, it's it's terrible. It That has nothing to do with 
what is essentially some sort of kind of science. I don't want to make doctors mad out here. Medicine in and of itself isn't a science. There are scientific things in medicine. Medicine is a combination of scientific theories that are welded together and then used by a practitioner. There's chemistry, you know, there's psychology, there's organic chemistry, and which of course is apparently too hard if you go to New York University. Um, and then there is biology. All of these various sciences are sort of twisted together into medicine. And so medicine, to be an effective physician, requires a wide-ranging knowledge base. And so it is, in essence, in some instances, a science, and the scientific method is sometimes applied in what they're doing. But it is something that requires a, a different kind of approach than someone that's, say, an experimental chemist or someone that's doing pure science. So when I listen to Fauci and people like following the science, it's like, come on, you know, which science are you talking about? Because in many instances, people like Fauci are only taking things from people who are in more in the pure science side of things and elaborating on them. And it lets them sort of, you know, weasel around in the way he elaborates on them, as we know. But we want our physicians to be able to have that freewheeling mental approach to things. You want your physician to look at something that you're trying to get fixed and be able to bring a number of ideas to bear. Now, this thing about indigenous healing, fine. I mean, I, I think there's probably some uh, uh, East Indian medicine. Some There's a lot of different approaches that may have some value out there. So I don't want them to be closed off to that. Don't get me wrong. But you want him to feel less structured. And what this kind of thing does first, it closes the thought process in. Secondly, it makes someone afraid to express opinions. It makes them think they have to do things in a certain way. It narrows down the thinking from a profession where you want someone to have a wide range of opinions available to them. Because like I say, it's a, it's a number of sciences sort of twisted together like a rope. And the physician has all of these things at hand. He may not be an expert chemist. He may not be an expert in biology. He may not be an expert in all, some of these other sciences that are pure sciences. But he knows enough about them. And, and you're getting someone who's had enough training in those to put those together. You know, in the past, they had things called Renaissance men. And a Renaissance man was just that. It was an idea of that there were people living around the Renaissance, the Italian Renaissance and that, that period where science was really coming into its own. The scientific method, the study of the world around them outside of some of the other explanations they had for things. And many of these people were folks who had an interest in two or three different things. And because they had some wide-ranging interest and weren't constricted by any one of them, they managed to come up with some pretty interesting things. You know, and I, I would like to say the name of the person who, uh, he's a Dutchman, and I cannot pronounce his name, starts with an L. I want to say Luhanvuk, but I know that's not right. Some of you probably know. Um, was really kind of the inventor, certainly the practitioner that came up with, uh, the microscope. And he was kind of a, you know, a richish dude who was just really interested in the world around him. And as I understand it, 
he had a pond near his house, and he would see that the pond would change colors slightly sometimes, and there was looked like tiny creatures swinging it, swimming in it, and he had a, a burning curiosity to know what is going on there. And so he addressed it. He said, "How could I get a better look?" And so he started. He studied a little bit about uh, what was then the early study of optics, and he managed to figure out to come up with a microscope. You know that that ability to bring two or three ideas together has a lot of value. Obviously, you need the pure researcher, the guy that's taking something and going forward, the quantum physicist, people like that. But a lot of times, the people that come up with how to use these things are the second-level guy, the guy who has a little broader range education, who takes two or three of these ideas that the pure science types have perfected, but not really know exactly what, what the application might be. And this person, because they have a little more wide-ranging knowledge, knows how to apply these things to other problems. Medicine is a little like that. So aside from this nonsense that seems to lead to like treating people differently based on something, I don't know. I mean, is there is there some sort of uh, diversity, equity thing going? Well, they, I think they do talk about diversity, equity in their oath. If you really want to get chilled, you can look it up. Just look at the Minnesota medical students swearing oath. You know, I'm sure the video is out there. But... Is that going to start guiding their decision-making? I'm afraid that it might. It certainly it, it must be what's intended, or why would you do it? Why would you make these people go through this? Now, some of it's just virtue signaling, don't get me wrong, on the part of the universities, and, you know, this is, oh, yes, look how great we are. Uh, there's no hate in this house. What does that mean? You see, the people say that there's signs they used to put up, you know, especially around the BLM riots and stuff. What is that supposed to mean? And I bet it's not true. <laughs> there's certainly, I bet there's intense delight, d- dislike in that house for somebody or something. And so those signs are ridiculous. But anyway, so this thing about the physicians is troubling. And we really have to be alert to this stuff. And unfortunately, and I, I, I made a little comment on this in the, the website, was, and it's tongue-in-cheek, but I do think that in the future we're going to start having to take a look at where people we're dealing with come from, what school they went to, you know, how woke was it? I mean, are you going to start treating people differently because of this woke culture that you came, that you were educated in? Am I going to do better or worse from you, the practitioner, because of some woke idea you had? I don't know. I know some schools are worse than others, so I'd come, maybe I had to know. Where did you go to school? Where did you get your medical degree? Where did you get your law degree? Where did you get your whatever degree? You know, if I'm asking for a service from you that I, I'd like to know anymore, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's healthy. It's, uh, it all of this stuff makes you feel like you're being undermined in your selection of people and uh, how much you can trust educational achievement. I think we've discovered now that educational achievement that we thought traditionally was, you know, said something about someone's capabilities is often not correct and sometimes wildly off. It's the Cory Bookers of us all, you know, Spartacus from, uh, you know, his, his Yale graduates, Chris Cuomo. And just, I think they were, I think one or both of them were Rhodes Scholars. I mean, you see that, you just have to go look at the whole program and say, what's wrong with you? you know, 
I would let this guy, you know, push the elevator button for me and trust him to do it right. And here we are. So I, I think that's, that's not good in the end because you end up not being able to trust any kind of institutions. And institutions, as much as we kind of battle against them from time to time, uh, where it's important to have them, it's important to have some sort of level of trust in them. Not complete, as we all know. We're very much the Reagans here. We trust but verify and even things that we really think we trust. Always verify. Because it's the first thing that some sides go after are things they know that you place trust in, perhaps uh, unflinchingly. And before you know it, you look back and you go, Ooh, what happened to that? I thought I could trust it. So always verify it. But it's a, uh, it's, it's a troubling, very troubling situation there. And I don't understand what's going on in the schools at all. And we will have school board elections across the United States. Usually they will like off year elections. So they'll probably be in 2023, depending on where you're at. Uh, I know where I'm at. They'll be in, I believe in April 2023, along with the city council races. They have these in many of your places if you're conservatives because you're conservative and they don't want to run these races. And we talked about this before. Uh, during general elections when people are all fired up, they don't want them to be run at the same time when there's a big turnout. They don't want them to be um, partisan. They don't want you to know what someone's political affiliation might be. Because if you do, you probably won't vote for them. We're seeing that where I'm at. I mean, we're seeing this as terrible results where we've gotten people who, one, we've paid not enough attention to them at all. And when we have, we let them tell us, I'm pro-business, really. And then they get in, they, what kind of business? You know, marijuana business or something like that. And uh, it's like, oh, oh, I see. We should have asked a second question there. That's happening all over the place. So they like those kinds of elections. And I am going to be as strong as I can in pressuring the Republican Party where I'm at, and I would encourage you too, to get involved in these nonpartisan elections and let people know who's who. And then let let the voter decide. Don't these people hide behind this nonpartisan thing so they can pretend to be one thing or not, where they don't have to take any positions or ally, themso- ally themselves with any generalized positions that a political party has? They just sort of float out there and uh, hope that you think that they are like you. And because they're not under a lot of scrutiny in these kinds of elections, because these don't pay a lot and there's not a big campaigns for them, you don't know. Don't let that happen. Just take a look now what's happening all across the country, these school boards, for instance. You look at the, how do they get there? I mean, they, they aren't there for the kids. They're certainly not doing good things for the children. They despise the parents for the most part. Think they have, should have no input into raising these children, which is just crazy thing to say when you think about it. And, uh, they're just, they're, they're arrogant. You see it all the time. You would like to ask them, by what measure, what by what metric do you think you know best? It would be interesting to hear an answer on that. I think you would get an answer that you would find uh, disturbing and make you kind of angry. So it just keeps, it, it, when you see this, this is, re- is being revealed, you realize how much work you have to be done. Because they've decided that if they catch them young, and get them confused and all out there. Who knows? Turn them into victims. That's what you want to do. Because that's the entire purpose of the progressive wing of the Democrat Party, which for all intents and purposes is now the Democrat Party, is to get as many people to be victims as possible, 
to label everybody on the other side of the political spectrum from them to as oppressors and victimizers. And then get the victims to believe that they are incapable on their own of ever achieving anything. And they must be saved, saved, I tell you, by these generous, near-deified beings, leaders of the progressive Democrat Party, that will lead them, like Moses, to the promised land. Now, what that promised land looks like, I don't know. But from what I've seen of some of those ideas, I hope nobody promises me any land like that. But that seems to be the way it goes. Make everyone a victim, confuse them so that they so that they struggle in their life, and then they will become a victim because life won't go well for them. They'll be confused about everything. They'll be confused about economics. They won't be able to do math and read particularly well. They'll be confused about their sexuality, the whole everything. Their life won't be particularly good. And they will turn to someone who says, the reason your life is not good is because of these people over here. And you need me to protect you from them and lead you from the darkness. And that's what they're trying to do. We just can't let that happen. And there are so many reasons to not let that happen. And I know you guys know this because I read emails from you and I talk to a lot of you. And by the way, you can reach me at Rick Wagner. That's one word, Rick Wagner, at mail.com. And I read pretty much everything. And sometimes I'm able to respond. Most of the time I'm not, but I, I appreciate the input. And your job is clear at this point. We're coming down to the final bit of the race. Do not be dissuaded. Do not let anybody try and stick their foot out and trip you as you're coming down to vote or support your candidate or do anything else. You know what you believe. You know what you need to do. You know who you need to support. Just do that. We'll be back next week.